0: Thanks for coming to our home in Irvine, California, for Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier.
1: We're glad to have you and your friends in our growing community of soul shepherds.
0: We love hearing from you by email, social media, and on soulshepherding.org. Today, we're going to answer a question on empathy that one of you have sent us.
1: Even though empathy is not a word in the Bible,
0: it's everywhere
1: in our sacred book, and in the Lord's relationship with us, tender hearted care is an essential soul nutrient for you and the people you minister to.
0: Well, Bill, I received a voicemail today from one of our soul shepherding podcast, soul talk listeners, and a friend of mine. And she says, I just finished listening to a podcast, and I have a question, and I'm hoping that you'll address it on a future podcast. So we're going to do that. She says, I'm struggling with how to show empathy when the topic that's being shared that I'm listening to triggers my anxiety. I find I just want to fix it. I also find I don't have patience to listen again day after day. So we appreciate your question. And it's it's really helpful when we get your questions because, of course, we all can relate to this. I mean, even I can relate to this. There's times when I'm listening to you, Bell." And you're sharing something that stirs up all kinds of emotions in me that are really uncomfortable. And I can tend to want to shut down the conversation because I just don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to go there. I don't want all these emotions coming up in me.
1: Yeah. Listening is a very deep and vulnerable process and it stirs up emotions within us.
0: And then there's times when even you're sharing and I'm like, oh, I've heard this before I'm tired. I don't want to listen anymore. I just want him to be over this or I just want him to feel better or to, you know, not need anything from me right now because maybe I feel like I'm maxed out or I'm distracted or I've just got so much going on or I just feel like, oh, I've listened and nothing's changing. And this empathy stuff isn't really very effective anyway. <laughs> it doesn't seem to make any things better. He's not feeling comfort. He's needing comfort again.
1: Right, we want to see people change, and see the more that the person we're listening to, the more that we're close to them. It's it's a loved one; we're, they're involved in each other's lives. Yeah. It's, it's my spouse, it's my son or daughter, or my brother, sister, or parent, or these close relationships. We're intertwined, yeah. and so the person's behavior affects us. Yeah, and so, so it's really hard to abandon the outcomes to God. It's
0: really hard. <laughs> I mean, I've even thought about times when I'm I'm listening and I'm thinking. Am I even enabling this person because they don't have to change because they just keep coming and complaining to me and I am receiving empathy for me and then going on about and doing the same thing?
1: Yeah, well, and that is a problem with listening. There is an important balance point with speaking the truth in love. Yes. These are tricky issues.
0: Yeah, they are.
1: So the question is I'm just trying to kind of put before my mind now this woman who has asked this question. So she's listening and she's feeling. Anxious. And uh, this is a a loved one who's sharing with her, and she's finding that she's losing patience. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a couple reasons why that can happen. One is because maybe she's been pushing down her own emotions, denying her own emotions, not receiving empathy, and not taking these emotions to the Lord and journaling about them, sharing them with an ambassador of Christ, receiving empathy. Herself for these emotions, so then they're they're getting stirred up here, and she doesn't have access to be able to be present and empathetic to the person that she wants to at the time.
1: Yeah, so honey, I'm thinking about people who struggle with anxiety, and we've both spent so many thousands of hours helping people like that, and I'm like that. I've had problems with anxiety in my history and obsessive, ruminating thinking, worries. Worries about my image, worries about my performance, worries about pleasing people, all sorts of different fears, being held back, avoiding things out of fear and anxiety, having anxiety in my body, where it's tiring me out, where it's causing me distress in my stomach and my digestive tract, where it's keeping me awake at night and I'm tossing and turning, uh, where it's siphoning off my joy. I know what anxiety is yeah. like. and. When you have a struggle with anxiety like this, a racing heart uh, experiences with panic and panic attacks, which then becomes a vicious cycle because you're, it's so scary to have a panic attack. You think you're having a heart attack and you're afraid for it to happen again and it's embarrassing. And so then you start avoiding situations that might trigger a panic attack or avoiding situations where people might notice that you're anxious because you're having some other physical symptom in your body an eye twitch is going like crazy or sweaty palms that people notice when you, you touch your hand or, and so then we start to get anticipatory anxiety
0: yeah.
1: or if you're afraid of yeah. public speaking and then you're in a situation where you're going to need to introduce yourself or share something in a gathering at a, at a wedding shower or something, and everybody's sharing something to, with the bride and then your heart starts racing and you're anxious. And so just imagining that wedding shower coming up, you have anticipatory anxiety And maybe you just don't go because you're so afraid of doing that. So, I mean, these are examples of anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder Mm -hmm. where you just have things that just, they just won't get off your mind. And the only way you can is if you clean that thing three times. (laughs) So there's no germs on it. And then that seems to make it go away. And So then that becomes a habit and you can't stop doing it. So all these different examples of anxiety are stress that's gotten internalized, it's gotten in our body. Part of the definition psychologically of anxiety is that we've got repressed emotions. There's things that we're repressing over time, probably going back to childhood. And we, we don't even realize all that we've repressed. And so what's happening now is things are happening in my life today that are triggering this repressed anxiety. And I, and I might not think I'm being triggered. I might not use that language because I might not be dramatic, like post-traumatic stress disorder or flashbacks. It might not be that enormous of a thing. But what's happening is that these stressors are unconsciously reminding me of past hurts, past struggles, past fears. And it's just tapping into this overloaded person that I've been shoving all this stuff into my unconscious all this time, not wanting to deal with it. And so it it gives me less bandwidth now. And so these are examples of anxiety and how anxiety gets into our body. And so to whatever extent that might be true for this woman, see, that's a big part of the problem. It's not just the more obvious thing that the person sharing with her keeps talking about the same thing or isn't resolving this issue or isn't dealing with it the right way. Uh, Those are real concerns and and stressors, but it's the fact that that dynamic is triggering repressed anxiety within her, perhaps, along with the fact that her life is intertwined with -hmm. her family member. Mm Mm-hmm. See, and so what this person does affects her. Yes. And so it's not the same thing as listening to an acquaintance or a Mm -hmm. spiritual direction client or somebody in a small group. It's like, well, what this person does or doesn't do directly affects me or my children. See, and so it's hard for us to not have an agenda for what they ought Mm -hmm. to be doing. Very hard. Because we don't have control over what they're going to do.
0: That's right. And that's one of the things that when we're feeling anxiety we want control we want to feel in control cuz that helps us mm-hmm. cuz when we're anxious we feel out of control yeah and we feel fearful of the consequences that we can't of what we can't control
1: yeah and that impatience that she's feeling is showing her that she's not very well able to be still and to absorb the stress that's being shared with her and so we're explaining why that is it's because there's probably a lot of internalized stress that's been repressed over a number of years. Yes. And so that's siphoning off energy and capacity to listen, all that unconscious emotion.
0: Let's say that again. There's a lot of internal stress that's been repressed. Internalized. Internalized stress.
1: Stress is things that happen to us in our life. We all experience stress, challenges, responsibilities, trials.
0: Things that we don't want happening to us things happening and we're internalizing them and we're repressing our emotions we're not processing them we're not taking time to really think and feel like we talked about in in another podcast recently to really process and work through all of our thoughts and feelings about this we're just trying to repress them and go on to the next thing Mm -hmm. and not think about them and not be controlled by them
1: so that any repressed emotion is making it hard to empathize and to keep listening yes So that's the first thing.
0: Because our emotions are coming up screaming at us.
1: Yes. And I'm trying to explain why this woman might feel like, well, I've tried journaling or I've been talking to a safe person who listens to me and I'm still struggling with this. And so it's easy for people who don't understand the unconscious and the dynamics of a person and our behavior and all this psychology to underappreciate how long it takes Yeah. And and how much it requires of us to change, right? And I mean, we're apt to look at that and just say, "Well, it's just too hard." But the fact is, it's actually an easy yoke. It's actually an easier way. Yes, the getting into the yoke. This is my easy yoke message from my book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, which is all about anxiety, by the way, and stress, and how to deal with that as a disciple of Jesus. But we so often just think, "Oh, this is so hard being a Christian or living an emotionally healthy life or being a person that has more empathy for other people, uh, this is so hard. Well, it is hard. uh, Submitting to God, getting into that yoke, training, these are hard things. But to the extent that we do them, it makes life easier and better. So it's actually the easy way of life in the long term.
0: Yeah. So I'm thinking, honey, we've got this little pond in our backyard. It has a little waterfall, a little fountain. And if I'm just once in a while going and cleaning out the debris that gets in it, it's, you know, I could say, well, I cleaned it out, but it's dirty again. It needs cleaning out again. The water needs testing, you know, the chemicals need maintaining, the junk needs to be brought out and gone through, and it's a constant process. And when I let it go too long, then it becomes this huge, insurmountable, mucky thing, and mosquitoes breed in it, and so it's kind of like us with our emotions. We need to continue to get the monk out. We need to continue to maintain. We need to continue the state of health. And one of the things I think in a relationship like a marriage or, or with someone with a, a child or somebody that we're very affected by the emotions they're sharing with us, there needs to be a mutuality in this. If it's only going one way where I'm always the one listening and giving empathy that can be a problem too and can increase our anxiety and our impatience with listening. We, we need to be able to have some balance of knowing our turn's coming, that, that there's a balance of I'll listen to you and empathize with you, and I need you to listen and empathize with me, and that we're not over-depending upon each other for that, but that we're taking responsibility for our own emotions too and becoming aware of those and not repressing those.
1: It's especially important in marriage and in friendship that there be that mutuality because that's the that's the nature of the relationship.
0: Yeah. And so I think one of the things recently in a devotional I wrote about the communication wheel, Yeah, which is really a great tool for awareness of getting in touch with what you're feeling and looking at what your experiences are, what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, what your desires are, and then taking turns with if I share that with you and then I ask you, okay, you've empathized, you've heard me, now I want to know what is it that you're thinking and feeling and wanting, experiencing. And then I listen to you, that mutuality of knowing my turn's coming helps me to be patient and present and listen.
1: Yeah. And, and I just want to thank you for writing that devotional on the communication wheel, because I know that writing is not your favorite thing to it do. It's a labor of love. I like to do it all. <laughs> but I know you listeners out there, you love to hear from Christy and you subscribe to our email devotional. I hope you do. And uh, you tell me and you tell us when you how much you benefit from Christy's gentle wisdom when she writes. And so I am advocating on your behalf, helping Christy to write more devotionals. And that was a really good one, really helpful. And so I like that idea that if we just kind of go back to that wheel and paying attention to uh, well, what did I observe happen? What, what did I sense here? And what were my, my thoughts about that situation? What were my emotions? How did I feel? What do I want from you? There's some key questions mm-hmm. there that you're asking. And we, we can practice these together. Yes. In our marriage, in our friendship, even with our children, we can practice these ways of communicating and take turns. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like going to the gym and, and exercising. And in on one hand, yeah. you might say, well, it's hard to go to the gym. Yeah, it, it is. But when you're in shape, it's easy. And it enables you to lift more weights and run faster. And communication works the same way. You can practice it. And we just need some tools and some training to practice that. And we need to practice it outside of the crisis situation. You see, what we tend to do is we've got a conflict. We've got a big problem. Let's get out the communication wheel. Well, yeah, get out the communication wheel and try to use it. But what's going to help you a lot more is when you don't have a problem and you're not in a crisis, use it then.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs)
1: And and do the back and forth. Yeah. And learn how to do it. Work these muscles and realize this is going to take some time. This is not just ideas to get the answers right on a test. This is about spiritual formation. It's about becoming a different kind of person.
0: Yeah. And so it's not too late for my friend. So she's now recognized she's got anxiety listening to this loved one. It's been stirred up in her. And so she can go and she can practice using the communication wheel. She can practice using a manual Journaling on our website. It's another article we have to it's get a, in It's John and, and
1: Sung Lap now. Yeah. yeah. I've created that. And you can go to their ministry on Facebook or on the website uh, on the internet. They have a website. If you just Google manual Journaling and they have a book titled Joyful Journey that teaches us all about how to do that. But yeah, they have given us permission to have a one-page worksheet that you can go through as a journaling tool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are great ways for her to get in touch with, okay, what's this anxiety about that I'm feeling? Where's it coming from? What's the history of it? What do I need? And then that way, when she's listening to her loved one and that gets triggered, she can kind of shelve that for a minute, be present to listen, Mm -hmm. to give empathy, and then say, and when I listen to you, I have some emotions during Mm -hmm. too. So could you let me know when you would be able to listen to me and give empathy to what this triggers for me? To ask for that.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you did that with me and it changed our marriage. That was a long time ago, but it was a big deal in our history mm-hmm. when we got balanced and yeah. got mutual because in the early years of our relationship, we played out mm-hmm. a pattern that perhaps is predictable. I'm an oldest yeah. child, you're a youngest child. And so it was more about your feelings, your needs, yeah. your stress, your hurt, and then me listening and being there. And it wasn't enough about what does Bill need? What are Bill's feelings? And giving you the opportunity to listen and care and help and be strong for me.
0: Yeah. And for a long time, I'd ask you what you'd feel and you didn't know. And I remember one time you saying to me, well, you know, I have feelings about this too. And I was like, yes, I want (laughs) to hear those. (laughs) So I was so glad when you finally asked for me to listen to your emotions.
1: Well, I have a heart for all, all of our listeners who have trouble with the language of emotions because, yeah, it's my story. Mm-hmm. It's one of my sacred wounds. And so uh, that's something we really want to help our listeners with. Some of our listeners are more like me. They're more thinkers mm-hmm. and, and doers. And some are more like you, honey. And they're more of the heart. And they're, they're feelers and relators very naturally. And some also the gift of mercy. And so we're trying to bring the two together, right? Mm-hmm. Bring the head and heart together and get us talking. So hopefully we've put some perspective on this question for those of you who have struggled with the experience of listening, bringing up anxiety for you. And so just to summarize, what we've said is that, well, pay attention to your history and the possibilities that you've had some problems with repressing emotion that's gotten into your body and is working against you in the way of empathizing and absorbing what someone feels. Secondly, really look at this relationship and how are your boundaries in this relationship? Are you maybe intertwined and meshed, even codependent with this person where you have an agenda and you haven't abandoned the outcomes to the Lord? And then thirdly, Christy, you've really emphasized the importance of mutuality in a relationship. And well, when is it your turn to say, well, I'm feeling anxious as I listen to you, you or I have some needs here too. And of course there's some subtleties and delicacy around timing and learning how to take turns but the goal is that we would become the kind of person who when we listen to somebody we are able to contain meaning hold on to and care for our own emotions while we listen to somebody else's emotions and so then we have some space there and then the other thing that we've added here is that well in any situation of conversation soul talk relationship discipleship and so forth. There is the situation of well, sometimes you know we speak the truth in love, and that's a very delicate issue. We probably got to just do a whole series of podcasts on that sometime yeah. because that's sort of dangerous. It's like we can use that verse from Ephesians four fifteen, I think it is, and use that to judge people or pressure people to change or act like we have the gift of prophecy and put a lot of truth on them. And but on the other hand, we can make the other mistake and not say anything, mm-hmm. and that's not good either. Yeah, because that can be like you were saying, honey, that can be enabling some behavior that's just really not, not wise, not responsible, not considerate, not godly. So we all need feedback. A lot of proverbs that teach about importance of feedback.
0: That was amazing. I'm so glad you're a thinker. You just like gave us an outline right there. <laughs> you just kind of like went through in your head just from our conversation, created this outline and reviewed for us these points. That Well,
1: I'm glad you've experienced it as helpful. Uh, our The idea of Soul Talks is a conversation. I think my teacher got out there, but maybe maybe that was a good thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm grateful for the teacher and you, and I know a lot of our listeners are too.
1: Thank you. Lord God, we love you and praise you. We honor you. You are good. You are wonderful in every way, and you are filled with compassion and grace and empathy and truth and justice and encouragement. How we worship you, Father, Son, and Spirit. And we thank you that you are present in glorious, helpful ways for this listener who has asked this question and so many of us who relate with her. Probably all of us, if we're really honest, sometimes when we're listening, we get stirred up and we feel anxious and it's hard to be patient. I relate to that. Lord, what a precious heart this woman has that she would ask this question. Would you just help her to see how much you delight in her and the kind of spouse and mother and friend that she is, that she would have concern for being more caring and more helpful. And God guide her to the uh, the wisdom and grace that she needs for additional help with her anxiety, additional freedom, additional capacity to offer empathy to the people in her life. And surely that is largely about her receiving more empathy in her own heart, in her own body. And so Give her much guidance and help her see how patient you are with her. That, of course, is our ability to be patient with other people, Lord. It comes from experiencing how patient you are with us. And our ability to trust and receive your patience with us is so uh, greatly helped when we have a soul friend who gives us that patient, caring love. So we pray that for this friend and all of our listeners. And uh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are delighted to have you following the Lord Jesus with us. He is our true soul shepherd and the source of empathy.
0: Thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. In just the last two months, our community has grown by 50%.
1: It's easy to use the share button on your podcast app or iTunes, or email a podcast link from our website, soulshepherding.org.
0: Also, we hope you're receiving our weekly devotional emails and sharing those. They're free, and you can sign up at soulshepherding.org.